secure line. You're invited to Colonel Bob Mattingly's farewell to USFE tea party. I must regretfully decline the kind invitation. It will be held at Schloss Hotel Kronberg, as I have a previous social engagement. So put on your pinks and greens and get in your airplane within the next 30 minutes. A car will be waiting for you at Eschborne. No. And wear your DSM. I was told I wasn't supposed to wear it. This is a special occasion. I ain't gonna wear the damn thing, which is sort of moot since I ain't gonna fly up there to play nice with Mattingly. When you get an order, Captain Cronley, the correct response is yes, sir. After a ten-second pause, Cronley said, Yes, sir. More obfuscation was in play here. In order to make DCI Europe seem less important than it was, to have it sort of fade into the background, it was decided that it'd be commanded, as far as anyone outside of DCI was concerned, by a junior officer. Such an officer was available in the person of Jim Cronley, who had just been awarded the Distinguished Service Medal and promoted from second lieutenant to captain at the verbal order of the President of the United States. The citation stated that he had demonstrated, at the risk of his own life, not only valor above and beyond the call of duty, but a wisdom far beyond that to be expected of an officer of his age and rank while engaged in a classified operation of great importance. DCI Europe was important, and not only because it was involved in surreptitiously keeping former members of Abwehr Ost and their families, many of them Nazis, out of the hands of the Russians by surreptitiously flying them to Argentina. This activity, should it become public knowledge, would have seen Truman, who had authorized Alan Dulles to make the deal with Galen, very possibly impeached, even if Eisenhower, who had brought the deal to Truman, agreed to fall on his sword to save the commander-in-chief. Under these conditions, it was obviously necessary to have some experienced intelligence officer looking over Cronley's shoulder to advise him, and, should it become necessary, to take DCI Europe over. Such an officer was available in the person of Major Harold Wallace, who had been commander of OSS Forward until its dissolution, and was now assigned to USFET counterintelligence. And there was more obfuscation here, too. In order to keep Army G2 off my back, as Wallace, a full colonel, had phrased it, he had taken the eagle off his epaulets and replaced it with the golden leaf of a major and allowed the army to think Colonel Robert Mattingly was actually commanding OSS forward. Major Wallace was given command of the 27th CIC Detachment in Munich, from which position he was able to look over the activities of the 23rd CIC Detachment, commanded by Captain James D. Cronley, which had been established to provide Cronley with a credible reason for being in Munich, in the hope that people would not connect him with DCI Europe at the compound. Originally, Cronley was not told of Wallace's role, but he soon figured it out. They worked out an amicable relationship, largely because Cronley accepted that Wallace could give him orders. 2. As Cronley entered the lobby of the Schloss Hotel, a bellman snatched his canvas valve pack from his hand and led him to the desk. I'm going to need a room, he said to the clerk. I'm very sorry, Captain. The Schloss Hotel Kronberg is a senior officer's hotel. I thought this was a low-class dump the moment I walked in, Cronley said, his automatic mouth having gone into action. Another clerk rushed over. Since the Hauptmann Cronley, Herr Hauptmann? Yeah. The clerk switched to English. We've put you in 110, Captain. Your bag will be there whenever it's convenient for you to go there. He handed Cronley a key, which came attached to a brass plate with the number on it. 
Captain Cronley? A voice said in his ear. If you'll come with me, sir. He turned to see a naval officer, a full lieutenant, who had the silver aiguillettes of an aide-de-camp dangling from his shoulder. Who the hell are you? I'm the Admiral's aide, sir, he replied, his tone suggesting, dumb question. What Admiral? The lieutenant didn't reply, instead gesturing for Cronley to follow him. Cronley did so, out of the lobby and down a corridor, where the lieutenant opened half of a double door, gestured for Cronley to precede him, and then bellowed, Admiral Captain Cronley! Cronley looked into the room. There were six people sitting around a table on which were three bottles of whiskey, an ice bucket, and a soda siphon. He recognized two of them, Harold Wallace and Oscar Schultz. He saw that Wallace had the silver eagles of his actual rank on the epaulets. Oscar was in a business suit. And that has to be Admiral Sowers. All that gold on his sleeves. What the hell is going on here? Well, come on in.